0: Okay, and um, I was talking to Josh back there before the service, and afterwards I asked him to release a prophetic word over you. But I remember the first time that I met Josh, and he told me that he had five kids. I said, five kids? I said, how come so many? He said, because in Genesis, God said... To 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 multiply, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. I say, yeah, but it doesn't mean all by yourself. I, when I was a kid, there was also five kids in my family. There were seven people and only one bathroom. That, that's how I learned how to dance. Oh well, I better leave all that. I'll leave that behind in the last year, right? We're moving to a new year. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be continuing, and, and this is the final installment of Pastor George's series on more, and I'm calling today's sermon, More to This Life. And, it, and I'm gonna be focused on a man named Jacob in the book of Genesis. Now, the man, the name Jacob, basically it means deceiver. Why? Because, and Jacob turned out to be a deceitful man. See, in, in the Bible, there was a purpose in the, to the names that people had, and even today. If you find out the meaning of your name, you, many of you will find out there's purpose or destiny or reason in why you, you were named that. Even if it wasn't your parents' intention, it could be that God named you, even at birth. Well, in this case, it was negative. And see, in, the old, in those days, in the Old Testament times, it's not like the days we live in today as Christians, that we all live under the blessing. Any one of us can be blessed. Back in the Old Testament times, it was always the oldest son in the family that got the father's blessing. And there was power in the blessing. It's not just that the father would say something nice and you'd feel warm and fuzzy. When the father would say a blessing over the older son, it would activate things in the spirit and the person would begin to walk in abundance and receive everything that was spoken over him. Well, see, in this story, there were two sons, Jacob and Esau. Even though they were twins, Esau came out first. And because he was the older one, he was the one that was destined to receive the father's blessing. But Jacob, he had a plan to undermine it and to take the blessing instead. You see, Jacob was a deceiver, but he didn't just become a deceiver. It ran in his family. His grandfather, Abraham, he was in Egypt, and he was afraid of the king. He was afraid that his wife was so beautiful that the king would take his wife and kill him. So he told the king, that's not my wife, that's my sister. Leave, you could have her, just leave me alone. And then his son Isaac did the exact same thing. You see, you've got to be careful the way you act. You don't want to pass the junk down to the next generation. But it came down next to Jacob, and Jacob was a deceiver. And he and his mother, they hatched the plan to take the blessing that was supposed to go to his brother Esau. Now Isaac, the father who was going to give the blessing, he was about 135 years old and he was nearly blind. He was stuck in bed and one day Isaac, Jacob's father, asked Esau, who was a hunter, to go out and shoot him some deer, because he loved deer, and bring it back and cook it for him, and then he'll give him the blessing. So Jacob and his mother, they came up with a plot. First, they said, well, while Esau has gone, we'll we'll take one of our home-raised animals, he won't know the difference, and we'll cook it and give it to him, And Jacob's mother told him, You pretend to be your brother Esau, and we're going to trick, we're going to deceive your father into getting that blessing. So, you know what Jacob did? He put on some smelly clothing because Esau was a hunter and he smelled like the forest. So he put on some of the clothing and he took some wool and hair and put it on his arms. He wore a hairy garment because Esau had a lot of hair. And he took the... He took um, the... venison that they cooked he went up to the father and says i'm your son esau and here is what here's the dinner that you asked for and and jacob ate it and you know and jacob looked directly i i'm sorry isaac looked to directly at jacob and said are you really my son esau I am, Jacob said, without hesitating. He deceived his father, his brother Esau found out, and he said, that's it, I'm getting out of here. He ran for the hills, and he went to his uncle Laban's house. Because he knew that when Esau found out that he deceived him out of the blessing, that he was going to kill him. He was, he was a mighty hunter. So he ran away to his uncle Laban's house. So I'm going to read now from Genesis chapter 29, verse 16. It says, Now Laban had two daughters. Leah was the older and Rachel the younger. Leah had nice eyes, but Rachel was stunningly beautiful. See, in the Old Testament, beauty was all about the outward. But in the New Testament, beauty is something that comes from within. So I just wanted to qualify that. And it was Rachel that Jacob loved. So Jacob answered, I will work for you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. It is far better, said Laban that I give her to you, then marry her to some outsider. Yes, stay here with me. So Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, but it only seemed like a few days. He loved her so much. So Laban had two daughters, Leah and Rachel, and Jacob was in love with Rachel and he made a deal. Again, it's not like today you love someone, you make a date, a ring, you get married. You, you had to do something for the, you had to convince the father. And the father said, you could have her if you worked for me seven years. So he stayed with him seven years, and he worked hard. And after the seven years, they put together a wedding. And it was the wedding day for, for Jacob and Rachel. And here's what happened. Laban deceived Jacob because when when Rachel came to get married, it turns out it wasn't her. It was Leah behind the veil and Jacob, he was partying too much. He didn't even recognize her. He, and the next morning he woke up. It was Leah in the bed instead of Rachel. Why? Because his uncle Laban deceived him. Because Leah was the older daughter, and he wanted to get her married off first, so he tricked Jacob into marrying the wrong woman. Now, why did that happen? There's a principle in the Bible called sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What does that mean? If I plant corn in the ground, I'm not going to get potatoes back. If I, if I plant carrots, I'm going to get carrots. If I plant tomatoes, I'm going to get tomatoes. And the same is true in the way that we live. If you help other people in your time of need, somebody will help you. If you give, it will come back to you. If you are a friendly person, you will have friends. And the opposite is also true. If you're a gossiper, you're inviting gossip to come back on you. If you're a cheater, you will be cheated. If you, if you sow violence, you will reap back violence. If you are deceptive like Jacob, you will be deceived. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Whatever you put out in life, that's what's going to come back to you. And that's what happened to Jacob. He deceived his father, and what came back on him? He got deceived. After seven years of hard, wasted work, he fell into the trap, the old bait and switch. (laughs) You know that when they tell you they put an ad in the paper? oh, you can get a 56-inch screen TV for $100, and then when they get there, oh, we don't have any more of those, but you could take this hunk of junk. (laughs) Well, that's what happened to Jacob. See, it doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes you you can be a violent person, years can go by, nothing happens, and one day, just like that, It's going to come back on you. If you've been faithfully giving to the Lord, maybe right now you haven't seen the increase, but one day it's got to come back. It's the law that God set in place on this earth. Even the world recognizes it. You know what they call it? What goes around comes around. What you sow, that you shall reap. And that's what happened to Jacob. And you know what happened next? His uncle Laban said, now you can marry Rachel, but you're going to have to work for me seven more years. Then you'll have two wives. Imagine how, it's a good thing it was the the sister, otherwise you'd have two mother-in-laws. Imagine that. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, I shouldn't have, well, my wife's not here, so I could say whatever I want. I hope she's not watching, do you? Is this, oh, this is live being, (laughs) Sasha, can I stay at your house tonight or? Anyway. The Bible says you can't have two wives because in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, it was okay. In the New Testament, you can't have two wives because Jesus said a man cannot serve two masters. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know I'm heading into the new year on fire here. Look at that. Okay, here we go. Okay, after those seven years, Jacob worked again, and finally he got married to Rachel. It took him 14 years. After that, he worked for Laban six more years, and all the while, Laban was cheating and deceiving him stealing, robbing Jacob blind, and yet Jacob still stood there. What? See, a lot of people, they blame God. Well, God, why did you get me in this mess? Why is all these things happening to me? Why did it happen? Because He did, he sowed it, and now he reaped it. He was... He wanted to be deceptive, and now deception was coming back to him. He couldn't blame his mother. Oh, my mother made me do it. But ultimately, we are responsible for our own mess. We can't spend our lives blaming other people. I'm going to go now to Genesis chapter 30, verse 25. Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you, and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, You know how hard I've worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care? You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done, but now? What about me? When can I start providing for my own family? See, Jacob had a powerful destiny and call of God on his life, yet his life was stuck in a place of abuse and manipulation and deception. Laban, his his uncle, he he cheated him and changed the promised wages ten times. He promised him one thing and gave him another thing. He stole his daughter's inheritance. Jacob's wife's inheritance. And through it all, Jacob was still blessed right where he was at. And do you know why? Because abuses... The injustices, the betrayals, the haters cannot hold back the blessing of God on your life. No matter who's around you, no matter who you're surrounded with, no matter who's trying to stand against you, they can hold back God's blessing because God is faithful. Isaiah 49, 25, God said, I will fight those who fight you, and I will save your children. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Romans 8:31, if God is for us, who can be against us? There's nothing and no one right where you're at right now. You might be in the worst situation of your life, and nothing in this world can stop the promise of God from providing for you. You can expect it right now. But but here's the question that I had. If Jacob was being manipulated and controlled and abused, he was miserable, unhappy... God had made him promises that he would be a mighty nation, that he would do great things in his life, but yet he stayed stuck in that ungodly relationship with Laban, being cheated over and over again, being robbed blind. Why why would he stay in, in that kind of relationship? But maybe he felt that he deserved it because of his own sin. You know how people say, I made my bed and now I'm lying in it. I messed up and now it came back on me and I'm stuck. I'm going to live like this. Can I tell you right now that by the power of Jesus, even if you messed up your life, you got involved with the wrong person, you ran with the wrong crowd, you made the wrong decision. You are not stuck because grace is greater than any failure in your life. I just want to free you from that right now in Jesus' name. You, you do not have to continue to be stuck in any situation because of your past the power of your past is broken so in jesus name right now i break that stronghold over you in the name of jesus some of you 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 think you messed up your life and nothing's ever going to get better you 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 got a relationship with that bum, and he ruined your life, and nothing good's ever going to happen? It's broken right now in Jesus' name. Do not carry that into the new year. You are free. Past failures do not determine your future in Jesus. Maybe he stayed there because he was being intimidated and bullied. Sometimes it's hard to get out of a situation when you're being intimidated in a relationship, even in a workplace or even in a church sometimes. But do you know that there is a God that loves you and the Bible says he will fight with those who fight you? that you are the apple of his eye and that he will move heaven and earth, I break that spirit of intimidation right now in Jesus' name. If you're being bullied, intimidated, right now, I just release that right now. Step out. Step out of it. You are not stuck. You are not stuck. I hear the Lord saying there's some of you here, you're, you're in a relationship, you're in a situation, and somebody's intimidating you, you stand right up to them in Jesus' name because the Bible says nothing in this world, nothing by any means shall harm you. Maybe Jacob had a wrong idea about r- loyalty. Oh, well, he's my uncle, and, and he, he's my father-in-law, and all he gave me, and now I guess I'm, i got to be loyal to him. i got to stay there. That is a wrong sense of loyalty. I, I've seen counseled women in physically abusive relationships, and I say, well, I, I'll, we'll make a way out for you. Oh, no, because he really loves me, and I'm going to stay loyal after all he did for me. That is false loyalty. That is a lie. And if you are in a physically abusive relationship, I want you to see me right after church. You don't have to be stuck by that, by that lie, by that abuse, by that intimidation. Or you could see Pastor Melissa, You could see Margie Ramos. You could wave your hand who's a social worker. But we're here to help you. You are not stuck. That is not loyalty. I've seen people even stay in churches where they're being abused and unhappy for years. Well, he's the man of God. Don't touch God's anointed. That is not loyalty. That's control and manipulation. maybe jacob stayed in that in that place because he developed the wrong self-image you know that happens over time when you hang around abusive people it starts to affect the way you see yourself you start to see yourself as a loser as a nobody you start to feel i can't do any better than this yeah i hate this job but I guess I'll never get any better because I'm nothing and I'm just so humble. I've said it many times. Humility isn't talking bad about yourself and saying, I'm worthless. I can't do anything. I'm just nobody, pastor. Don't ask me to do anything. That's what's called false humility. Do you know that there is greatness in you? That the Bible says... That you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That means you can go back to school if that's what God's telling you to do. Even if you don't have the finances. If God's telling you to start that business. Get rid of that loser self-image right now. I I just see it all over some of you. I I don't want you heading into a new year with that way of looking at yourself. Do you know that in the eyes of God, you are beautiful? You are an overcomer. God sees you as perfect. And he has plans to bless you and prosper you, but it's never going to happen if you still look at yourself as a nothing, a nobody. You are not a nobody. Somebody here got that. This is for you. Got to hear me. You are powerful in the Lord. Get rid of that picture that somebody put in your head. That ex-wife, ex-husband, the the the, the old pastor. For some of you, maybe your parents. Get that image out of your head. And when you picture yourself, you picture yourself as royalty, as a child of God, as being made prosperous in every way. Maybe Jacob didn't leave because he was waiting for someone to help him get out of his mess. Can I tell you that I've lived long enough on this earth? that most of the time no one's going to help you out of your mess? Stop waiting for people and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. You teach your children that if you're in trouble, call upon the name of the Lord. Stop waiting for someone. Oh, if only someone would help me. If there's only someone, give me some money. Open a door. If if I only knew someone who could get me a job. You know someone. You know the one. That's all that you need to know. Stop looking to man. Man got nothing for you. You know what people got for you most of the time? A lot of broken promises. But God is not a man that he should lie. Maybe Jacob stayed because he became so used to trouble and injustice that he lost sight of the promises of God. You know, you can get comfortable. You can stay in a job you hate for 30 years because, oh, but at least I got the money, at least I got the benefit, at least this and that. Someone told me a long time ago life is more than a paycheck. There's more to this life. There's a song that says, There's more to this life than living and dying and trying to make it through the night. There's more. There's joy. There's fulfillment. Don't get stuck. Don't get comfortable in something and land yourself in a lifetime in a place that God didn't call you to. There's a promised land. There's greatness. There's destiny. God has a purpose for you. Don't fall short. Well, what, I'm not sure of the reason, but whatever the reason was, in Genesis chapter 31, verse 3, it says, Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. God said, Leave this place, get out of this abusive cycle. Go to the land that I promised you. I promised you that I would make you a great nation. I promised I would prosper you, that your children would be great, but it's going to take something on your part. Get up. Step out. And in the same way, I challenge you. Yet, some of you, you're in those cycles, it's time to break free. It's time to step out. Some of you have a dream. And year after year, and, and you start to remember it about this time of year, that another year's passing by, and it hasn't happened yet. It, it doesn't just happen, can I tell you that? You know, we preach a lot about striving, oh, and works. Oh, you don't have to work, uh, you don't have to strive. That's true when it comes to salvation. Salvation in God is a free gift. But can I tell you that if you're going to accomplish anything, it takes hard work, it takes perseverance, it takes stepping out of your comfort zone. It means God has to stretch you beyond what you're comfortable And I challenge you in this new year, whatever it is that's been on your heart, if it's a business, a career, a relationship, whatever it is, break out of the comfort zone like Jacob did. Finally, one day Jacob said, I've had enough. I'm not going to continue with these dead cycles over and over, the same patterns. Over and over, going round and round. It seems every year the same thing again. One abusive relationship after the next. One dead-end job after the next. Jacob said, no more. I'm leaving. I'm moving on. Leave the abuse and the turmoil and manipulation and regrets behind. You see, only your own doubt and unbelief can hold you back. Maybe like Jacob, some of these cycles have run in your family. Abuse, fear... Sickness, poverty, divorce goes from one generation to the next. I've seen that in my family. My great-grandfather in Austria, was a, he was a racketeer gambler. He, and he abandoned his family, went back to Austria because he wasn't having enough fun in the United States. My grandfather also then became a gambler, a racketeer, a bookmaker. And you know what happened to me? By the time I was 16, 17, I I was working and gambling away my whole paycheck in one shot. Why? It was going down from one generation to the next until I said, I'm not carrying that to another generation. And I stood and I broke it in Jesus' name. Time to leave it behind in this year. Whatever's run through your life, through your family, that's not who you are. That does not define you. Your family background does not define you. You see, when I was small, my mother was an alcoholic. And she used to walk around with, like, half-dressed outside. Right Back then, they had what was called hot pants. Remember those? I don't know if anyone's that old here. <laughs> And all the neighbors, they said, don't go to that woman's house. Don't play with those kids. And if you had the name of my family name was Disgraced because of my mother. And as I grew up, I felt disgraced. I walked around with rejection for many years. Well, I'm not carrying that thing one more day. In Jesus' name, I'm leaving it behind. I'm walking away, and I've determined that whatever they said about my family does not determine who I am now or what I can do. I'm believing my greatest days are still ahead despite my background, despite my upbringing, despite my family. They can't hold me back anymore. You see, Jacob, he, he had to break off the relationship with Laban in order to move ahead. And Laban got mad. He, he followed him. He threatened him. But Jacob said, I can't have you in my life anymore. You know what? For some of you, it's time to let those haters get out of your life. Those abusive people, those people always putting you down, those who throw water on your passion, those who always tell you, oh, you can't do it. You don't have what it takes. Some of you, you need to break those relationships right now. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. I I want you, every one of you, to begin to surround yourself with people who see the value in you, who can come into agreement with your destiny, who when they look at you, they tell you, you can do it, you can make it. Get rid of those haters in your life. (laughs) Everyone who's holding you back. It's time. This is, this is a year of greatness, a year of destiny. And I, I'm going to ask Josh to come up right now because he, he released a prophetic word this week, which means that he received a message directly from God for the church. And it's it's so in line with what I'm, what I'm feeling in my heart that I ask him to come and release it right now. Yeah, Amen.
1: When I got the word, I've been praying for a long time. I was asking God, you know, what you got to say for the new season, what's happening, what's coming about. And when God began to speak to me, I began to get scared. I began to get afraid. And I asked God, I said, I know the fruit of you is not fear, so why am I afraid to receive what you're saying? And God said, you've been so long in the waiting period that when you look upon your promises, all you see is giants in the land. You just see giants there. And you say, I can't overcome those giants. I know what happens if I approach that. I know what happens if I, if I speak to that person or do that. I know, I know the response again. So in fear, I stay back. And God said, ready, set, go to me. And I was like, but I'm not ready yet. He said, I didn't say you weren't ready. I said, you are ready. Ready, set, and go. But fear is dictating to us our promises. The people of Israel knew the promises were there. But there were giants in the land. And I, I, this thought of Star Trek came to my mind. He said, boldly go where few have gone, but others are afraid to go. The reason why we don't see, I, I really feel this from God. The reason why a lot of us don't receive our promises is because we are afraid to face the giants that are in our promised land. We're afraid to speak. We're afraid to be bold. God wants to stretch us this year further than we ever been before. Some of you don't know Jesus. God said, come on, jump on board and let's go into the promised land. But fear is dictating to us who we're going to be. Fear is dictating to us what we're going to receive. So we stand back and we say, we're waiting for permission. I kept hearing the word the Lord say to me when I was sitting there, you're waiting for permission. You're waiting for permission to go do something. I already said that is yours. We keep waiting for permission. You want permission? Go. Just go. There's no one going to say, you're ready now. Now you can do this. Now you can do that. No, you've been ready. It's time to step forth. If you're waiting for ministry, step forth in the ministry. If you're waiting for God for your family, step forth. Open your mouth. Even in your job, open your mouth. Wherever you at, do not be afraid. This is your season to receive. I was reading a scripture in the back, and it said, um, uh, I got it right here. Let me read it, because so I want to quote fake scriptures. You know what I'm saying?
0: Because then you're going to email George. and like, Yo. Just do what I do. Make them up as you go along.
1: It says, uh, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And then it goes on to say, do you perceive it? Do you perceive that God is doing a new thing? You see a giant. It says nothing has changed, but boldly go forward and conquer the giant. The Lord says you have permission to overcome that giant. Step forth. Don't be afraid no more. We can't be in a position waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. God says, I have given you the land. Here it's yours. Overcome it. You have the ability. You have the authority to overcome it. Let the past be in the past. Stop worrying about how this one did that and that happened this and I tried it a thousand times and it's not going to work no more. Forget about that. Perceive that he is doing a new thing. Step out. But you must be bold to step out. If you're afraid, ask God for courage. He will give you courage. You will be afraid, but step out anyway. Receive the promises. We can't go forever and ever and ever never receiving the promises. It's time to step up. It's time to be bold. It's yours. God wants to stretch you. He wants to give you love. He wants your mouth to speak joy and peace to people. But we can't be afraid anymore. We must step out. So I encourage you today, and if you need permission, I'm nobody to give you permission. But let me say in the spirit, God gives you permission to go do what you're supposed to do. You want to be, you want to see the, the church build, be that thing that God is asking you to be. Be that thing that you're complaining about. Be it. It's time. Now it's time for you to do what God has called you to do. So I encourage you to be courageous. Just like he was with Moses, he's with you. Just like he was with Joshua, just like he was with Paul and Peter, he's with you. Step out. So get ready. Set and go. Just go. Amen.
0: Amen. And that's why I was excited when Pastor George told me about the challenge coming up in the whole month of January. A week of fasting. A week of praying. A week of getting in the word. A week of serving others. And you'll hear more about it next week. But it's a time to put feet to the dream that God's given you. This is how I want to close. Melissa's going to come up right now. And if you're saying today, I'm ready to press on. I'm leaving the past behind. I'm not going to go around that same mountain for one more year. I'm not going to fall into that negative relationship again. I'm leaving the abusers, the naysayers, the manipulators behind. And I'm going after the dream. I'm going after the destiny. (laughs) Even if none of that applies to you, and you live in a nice, comfortable, peaceful atmosphere... You don't have those negative emotions. There's more for you. In God, God is not boring. Young people, they leave churches by the droves thinking God is boring. God is a great adventure. And some of you, you're not experiencing that. You've gotten comfortable. It's time to be stretched. And if you're saying, in this new year, I'm ready to go, I'm stepping out, I'm going for the vision, I'm just going to ask you to stand right now. You see, I've made that decision in my own heart. This year, in the summer, I went to this conference, and they asked all the pastors to come up, because they were going to give prophetic words or words from the Lord. So I was waiting for this powerful word that God's going to tell me. And the main speaker came up to me and she said, you know what her word from the Lord is? Why do you care if people like you? Forget about those people. You're not here to please man. You're here to please God. And you know that she's right, and that's what I'm I'm believing in this new year. I'm not gonna worry what people think anymore. People are not gonna rob one more second from me. I'm moving up. So I asked Melissa to sing this song over you, over everyone who's saying today. I'm ready to go up God's mountain.
2: So I can climb a mountain. My- Beat so imperfectly But when you come I am filled with wonder Sometimes I think I glimpse eternity You raise me up So I can stand on mountains
0: Amen. So I'm going to ask Pastor Ephraim if you could come. And we're going to close right now. But, but before we do, as we close in this song of worship, I believe that there's some of you that, that need to take another step. Some of you can identify. You've been gone through these cycles. I could say in my own life, that that many times, those negative thoughts start to come in my head. And you know what I tend to do? I always tend to think the worst. If If my wife is late coming home, oh, something must have been a big crash. Instead of thinking, well, maybe she met someone and got to pray for them. It's time to break the negativity, that cycle, the same things over and over is time to break through. If that's you, would you join me up here as we just close in prayer? I just want to say, give a special blessing over you. I believe that there's a few of you here. It's time to break free. It's time to break out. If if those from the prayer ministry, if you could just come and stand with them. Because we have nobody alone in this church. In sanctuary fellowship, there can't be one person left behind. There can't even be one who's going to come into the new year feeling unloved. We are committed in this church to stand with you. I'm gonna wait, there's still some more people that I'm gonna ask deacons, pastors, anyone. I'm not gonna pray as long as there's someone who doesn't have somebody to agree with them. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray over each one who is standing here in the name of Jesus. I break the cycles of abuse. I break cycles of failure in Jesus' name. And I decree over you new beginnings, new life, supernatural breakthrough in Jesus' name. I decree over you blessing in this new year, in this new season, the joy of the Lord, healthy relationship, new connections, the joy of the Lord. I release that over you. And just in closing, I ask Pastor Ephraim, he's going to sing a song. just to free and release you into your destiny.
3: What a moment You have brought me to such a freedom I have found in you You're a healer Makes all things new, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back, I'm moving ahead, here to declare to you my past is over and you, things are made. You've risen with the power in your hands, and you've given me a second chance, hallelujah, hallelujah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm moving I'm not going back I'm moving ahead here to declare to you my past is over in you all things are made new surrendered my life to Christ I'm moving moving forward Time to sing you, baby just reminding us of your love, Lord, your unconditional love, oh Lord. Father, we're aware of the fact that, yeah, we don't deserve it, but Lord, but we're also aware of the fact, Lord, that you see us as righteousness in Christ. So Father, we are in good standing with you, Lord, here and even as we move forward, oh God. But, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you provide us the strength that we need to continue to move forward in your strength, oh God. Lord, we ask, Father, that you cover over our family's safety. Father, that you cover over even our dreams, oh God, as we chase them, as we get ready and move forward. Father, Lord, that you protect us. Father, we even ask, Lord, that you just be with us, Lord, even in the trials, Father, that we may face, oh God. Father, because we know that as we go through these trials, Lord, as we persevere, oh God, you make us strong. So, Father, we submit this time in your hands. Every gift, every good thing that you've given to us, Father, we give back to you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that this year would even be a greater season for our lives, Lord, that we would come into a greater understanding of who you are and who we are in you, Lord. So, Father, I release those that are here, Father. Lord, I release them with a blessing, O oh God, that can only come from you. Father, we release them with joy, Father, that you've provided us in your spirit, O oh God. And we release them, Father, with strength and authority to move forward, Father, and go after and grab, take back whatever we need to do in Jesus' name, oh God. So, Father, we step into the promises of 2015 this week, Lord, with a blessing, oh God, (laughs) and a promise, Lord, from you. You guys are blessed, so continue to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. And I just want to invite you, if you're not doing anything New Year's Eve, Wednesday night, we'll, have, we'll be celebrating uh, New Year's Eve here. And You can come, you can hang out with us, you can turn it up with us, and we'll have an awesome time in Jesus. God-